If you would have bet me, if someone would have bet me before that, I would have said you weren't going to come in on that. Was it the gray hair or what was <laughs> it the day? Why the judgment? No, I, I, no judgment. No, no judgment. judgment. No. This is a judgment-free zone. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. It was a perfect way to start the afternoon. We have bellies full of food. People are kind of winding down. Sometimes people get caught in boring talks at these events, and they're sleeping. They're nodding off in their chairs. But not here at the Icon Live. Icon Live, we are talking about what is happening and how we are changing the world, right? Because that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to get better. Integration, effectiveness. How do we get better? How do we inspire to get better? Where are the mentees that are ready to learn? And where are the mentors that are ready to teach? Do their philosophies match when it comes to solving problems? Do their philosophies match when it comes to figuring out what is next? What is next? We have all these options. M machine learning and AI and geophysics and petrophysics and geology at its core. You we have, we have all, yeah, all this data, right? And yeah. How are we going to integrate it and how are we going to become more efficient yeah. as an industry? Where are we focusing? Where are we focusing? So it's an exciting time. We're absolutely excited to be here. And Dr. Roach and sir, your name? Uh, Dr. Sena. Dr. Sen. Uh, Sena Archangelo Sena. Ah, uh, and how do you guys know each other? Yeah. Welcome to the well, Icon Live. Yeah, what's the history? Well, I, I knew of you. You were at ARCO and one of the leaders in developing AVO that was coming out of ARCO at the time. And then together uh, we were AVO. at... Uh, what? You were on those projects? Yeah, back in oh. those days. Eh? <laughs> yeah, back in those days. days. <laughs> yeah, uh, strong foundation in uh, the early work on anisotropy. Mm -hmm. And then we caught up with each other at Veritas, I believe. Veritas, yes. Yeah. yeah. Were you working Arco Permian Basin, Alaska, uh, offshore? Uh, it was Arco Worldwide, actually. We were supporting the... the ten we are, I was in the technology group in Plano, Texas, okay. supporting operations worldwide from Alaska, mm. Asia, uh, Lower 48, South America, everywhere. So. That's wow. awesome. So yes. uh, How did you get there? How did you your degrees, and how did that go? Uh, well, I, uh, my degree, I'm a physicist with a PhD in geophysics from MIT. Okay. So, and I uh, moved to Texas uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> the rest is history. The, the, history, the rest is history. So being <laughs> yeah, I took a more uh, circuitous route. I got my bachelor's in geophysics from University of California, Riverside. Hey! Specialty in uh, geothermal and earthquake prediction. Moved Whoa. to Midland, Texas and uh, joined a company called GSI, Geophysical Service Incorporated. I was a seismic data processor and a service provider, and uh, I would be contracted by the ARCO office in Midland. Oh, okay. You're an operator. You're on the contracting service side. Exactly. Collect the data, put it in some format that your software was able to read it efficiently in and make some predictions, clean it up, provide visuals of the subsurface. Yeah, and back in those days, so this would have been late 70s, early 80s, we acquired and processed 2D data. Right. Uh, a normal crew had 48 channels of information. And then some of the bigger crews got up to 96. 96. <laughs> and now we just talked with Jumper on the show, and he said uh, the, the new shoot in the Midland Basin is 130,000. 130,000 channels. 850 squares, right? Something like that, yeah. It w the biggest shoot ever in Permian history. So. Pretty wild, pretty wild, which is a fun fact that we learned about you. 
You were on the first 3D shoot in the Permian Basin? Not necessarily the very first, but okay. one of the first that got heavily publicized was the Dollar Hide survey shot yeah, by Unicab, yeah, Andrews County, Hyde. Texas. And uh, we processed that. Alistair Brown picked it up for his uh, very first book on 3D interpretation. So that was kind of fun. That is really and cool. And the data set's still out there for universities to use and to uh, see what they can do with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, going back to the Permian Basin, you were ma making comments at the beginning. So you, you, you mentioned the word integration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, I mean, there's a lot of technology. I mean, back in, I mean, even back when Steve and I worked in multi-component data, nine-component geophones and things like that, that kind of uh, faded away a little bit due to cost and operational issues. Sure. But anyway, so as you go beyond, and all these technologies are available, AVO technology, uh, dead migration, all kind of uh, good, good technology, but separately, they didn't really, they don't really do very well. So, but when it comes to unconventional, development, for example, yeah. that integration of, of technology that are that have been around for a while. Right. Sometimes it's a matter how you put them together. Ah. And that's something I, I personally have been heavily involved with, how to, how to put those pieces together in an intelligent manner. And, and it's been working well. So, But, you know, it's just pieces that, that are out there, but sometimes you don't put them in the, into the mix, right. and it makes a big difference. And now, but companies are learning that one faster than other company, but when you put together the seismic, the, mm. the geological information, the right. geophysical information, the petrophysical, the micro seismic, and then to, to combine them, you can integrate them in multiple ways. You can use AI, as you mentioned, the machine learning in case that we have a huge amount of data mm -hmm. that is hard to handle with normal uh, tools. Right. So, but, uh, but at the end, when you put them all together, it, makes, it provides a product that is easier to interpret and communicate to, whether it's a geologist, a geophysicist, or an engineer. Yeah. Now, number one. Number two, that... Uh, there's a big gap in the industry. We look at people about, and now with our level of experience, and then you have like about almost like a 20 year gap when you see right. the younger guys, right? Right. So it's another part of the job is really make sure that that thing, that all this technology gets transferred in the experience to the younger. And we all have to take responsibility. I do personally. I mean, something oh, like really? you know that it's nobody behind you. Back, back when I was at Arco, back in the old days, I mean, yeah. it was fun. It was almost like being in a, in a great university because you go there and they were the. The new, the newcomer. I mean, right from my PhD, and then you had the five-year experience, the eight-year experience, the ten-year experience. There was like a little continuum of experiences all the way to the thirty-year guy. So you learn from each other. But now oh, you had it. Uh, you had the thirty-year, the twenty-year, then they have like zero, a, and they have a ten, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like a, it's, it's not the same. But it's, it's hard for the younger to learn. So you know, you yeah. you have to make this uh, this effort. I mean, this extra effort, which I do because I know well, you know. You're not going to be there forever, but you know it's also you, know, you bring them up, you know, you, you, and they learn, and they, wow. you, you get some rewarding. Uh, so, but that's wow. part of the. It's just a matter of putting technology that has been around for for a long time. But sometimes it's just how do you teach the, some of the new generation to really? That's the way you mix them. When you mix them, you have a, the power of this in, integration. This mm -hmm. is where we are. I so. mean, this just ties back into that mentor-mentee. See yeah. what I did there? Mentor-mentee yeah, yeah. relationship. Yeah, yeah. That's but, but I mean, especially for us, right? Because our industry experience is granted, right? We, we've been born into this generation where we have all the software, right? And you guys were there as the software and the technology was developing. So you can see, you guys know the pitfalls with specific, right, you know, software packages. Naturally, but, yeah. yeah, yeah but with me, us, we're, we're learning that on the fly, yeah. but, you know, it's you guys yeah. stepping in and saying, 
Oh no 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 no! You're you're making too many assumptions here, right? You you can't run X model without this right. data. Uh, well, it's, it's a good comment you made actually. Going back to the old days, you know, like right now, software is available. It's okay. You you should. I mean, universities should use them, and they do. Mm -hmm. uh, back in my days, you know, okay, you are getting your PhD. You need a piece of software to do whatever process. Well, guess what? Nobody's gonna buy it for university. You have to run it yourself. So, yeah. so that's the way we did. <laughs> Yeah. And so you, you do your, your physical work, your, your, but then you have to learn programming. And, and we all, that's why you see a lot of good programmers are not necessarily people that went to study computer science. You see a lot of geophysics just because that generation, there was no inversion. Well, you write your own code. I mean, and these are, these are pretty heavy code. I mean, it's not something you write overnight. You have to right. write yeah. a debug. And, and so that was the generation that we, but in the process, you learn a lot. I mean, yeah. you learn a lot. But now, of course, a lot of things are commercialized and you know, things that you have to manually go into read some files. I mean, you mm -hmm. have to write the code to read that particular format. I mean, uh, I mean, under understanding the nuts and bolts opposed to, yeah, you so know, just pressing a button, right? Like yeah. what's actually yeah. happening when you press yeah, that uh, button? When you put those uh, inputs in, what is going on in the background? I mean, and I'm glad. I'm glad it was that way because sometimes you see something that is not right and you know exactly, okay, you know what? That guy in that particular line there, there's something that was missing. You know, you know, you, know, you, you get that thing because you've been there with, with the, with, you know, under the hood to know how that works. You know, yeah. that really, so it, it brings today kind of a new trap for this for this generation or level of experiences. That back when, as Archangelo was saying, when we were doing it, it was so laborious and intensive, and we didn't have the computer horsepower to iterate. Yeah. When you went through a solution, yeah. you had to check it step by step because it just took so much time to get to an answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Today, it, there really is a danger with a lot of the software available that unless the QC steps are in there and, and you hold on to the sense of what you're really doing, you can get into a local minima and find an apparent solution. Mm -hmm. wow. And if you're not constantly cross-checking... You need to watch out. Yeah, and you gotta watch yeah. out. You guys, uh, what a what a what a very interesting and real problem. We know that's true, but the the reality of getting through the process of QCing the data correctly according to the QCer, and then the mentee sitting there going, "Okay, I understand why you QC'd that, or I understand that," and, and transferring that knowledge is is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult to do. How do you how do you suggest that communication starts? I like it in the context of a multidisciplinary team. So if everyone's working from different angles, you've got the people working from rock physics, maybe the acquisition, the processing, the quantitative interpretation. Everyone is watching how their components meet. Yeah. They're challenging each other's assumptions and checks and just seeing how the whole thing comes together. Mm. You end up with a stronger That's, solution. Yeah. You do that through software then. You'd have to do the software is the hub that, uh, that each of those departments can go in from their own angle and expertise and mindset. They're coming into the software and they're looking at that curve going, wait, the curve doesn't see that response doesn't make sense to my model. Why is it this way? And the rock physicist is seeing that same data in the same project at that same time and saying, no, 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 that's actual response. There was no washout. There was no problem in the petrophysics, right? Is it, do you think, is it software that's integrating that? And you we need to do a better job at, at how the software can help us transfer this knowledge? Well, software is one, one thing. Also, another thing also in terms of, uh, you say, how do you see processes or things like that? One right. thing that I, that, uh, that I, I, I think is important, some, most companies are doing, but to some degree, is to create some kind of a corporate memory when it comes to workflows. Because when you try to QC 
any process at all. I mean, especially when you talk about younger individuals coming behind you. I mean, having some high level or some workflows to go through the process is very important for the QC piece of it, whether you're trying to process data or interpret data or do special analysis data. And the, the workflow that is, is a good vehicle to really yeah. keep behind you to people uh, and capture that in your in some form of internal corporate uh, memory mm-hmm. online uh. internally because that's is key. So for me, that that goes back to answer your question about yeah. you talk about QC now. Now that's on the on the on the high level one now. Tactically, yes, this software involved and how do you how do you do that? I mean, how do you mix software? Because sometimes we don't have, and I, I don't think we we'll ever will have one platform doing it all. So right. you know, yeah. so yeah. we'll always have to you know about it. when you when you get <laughs> when you get comfortable <laughs> about this, some new tool comes out. And then you have yeah. to, I mean, that's the way it is. But then, yeah. but the workflows, you know, if you put a workflow that is high level wrapping all that. That really helps a lot. So that mm-hmm. for me, that's one of the things that I think uh, is working. With especially when you when you're not around or some some of the younger individual can take that, and then you can create variations of it. But that's I think that's something yeah. that we need. Then it's yeah. that organic relationship. What do you think, Doc? You you agreed? You like the? Yeah, there there should be a basic workflow, and it's kind of like you set out. This is the path that has worked before. These yeah. are the steps that we do. But I also like it when you can challenge the person's innate curiosity and right. creativeness yeah. to to give them the freedom that they can explore side paths that either check the work or find something new wow. but at the same time it honors you know we've all gone down this wow. path before what if this is a better wow. way or this basin requires this that's i love the creativity that you bring in right you need to be the uh, manager of all mentee and mentor relationships it sounds like because we have a generation, in my opinion, that wants to make an immediate impact on what they do, right? The, you call them millennials. I don't know. You call them whatever you want. This is a new generation that has instant gratification at the phone they hold. They learned about quantum physics when they Googled it when they were 12. Whatever they read, whatever they understood at 12, they understood and read at 12 right there at their phone. And now you're putting them in a position where you're saying, you got to work for like 30 years and really get kind of grind through this and just follow my blueprint and you're going to get through it. Maybe you'll make some discoveries or, you know, sink or swim. But you're saying, no, 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 that's definitely not how this needs to happen. You have to create an environment for the young professionals to know that there are no limits. You can't waste your time. Don't come up with some crazy stuff that I'm not definitely not going to entertain. You're just crazy. I might fire you. It's so bad. But don't make it feel like they can't. Don't make it feel like you need to be so overwhelmed on landing wells and understanding whatever your specific job is. Eight hours solid. You got a 30-minute lunch break, an hour lunch break, and you're behind the clock and you're behind the program. You're never going to look back at the product and the decisions you helped make. You never look back. You're always fighting and fighting and fighting, and you got this ladder in your in the in the vision and there is no ladder it's just a group we're all in the same vehicle we're all going up and to the right let's make more money with less resources let's live a better life let's get more sustainable energy with less energy to get it we're all in that same vehicle but you're you're providing a platform that's allowing people to open up their own philosophies and open up their own thoughts and that is incredibly powerful because i think it's a generation that's dying to do that They don't have the skills to do it. They don't know how to do it, but they wake up every day and they come out of their house and they say, I'm ready to do something. And I want it to be massive. 
and and you're providing that platform for them and and you're and how you talked about that in my opinion i thought that yeah. was awesome yeah how do we do it how do we get everybody to do that how do you so we need to work on on creating a a visual we need to create this workflow of how companies need to work how the industry can integrate and how that how we can make these checks and balances mm -hmm. between service companies and operators and you guys should be on the board of this thing one of the things is uh, the integration of teams, which we have touched that already several times. Not everybody has all the expertise needed. Yeah. You know, yeah. as smart you are. And in putting in integrating team, when you have a problem, work around that problem, put the team, especially the younger individuals who work in conjunction with some more experienced people. Right. But integrated. You know? So I try to avoid the isolation that sometimes happens in many companies. Sometimes you have teams working in in isolation and then that really doesn't it doesn't really help to achieve that goal to really to for the next generation they again the new generation of younger individuals they are very creative i mean we can right. it's no it's not fair to compare them with 30 years ago it doesn't make any sense right. i mean they right. they have better their brain works differently right. let's it's exploit completely. that but if you expose them to an integrated set of things they'll absorb it i mean they, they'll take you know some people sometimes you underestimate them but they can absorb many things but put them together to so they can learn from all the different expert experiences out there so any kind of problem in uh, i see that a lot we do that quite in 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 my in my workplace i actually work in, in integrated teams and that really helps a lot because wow everybody brings a little bit to the table mm -hmm. but at the end everybody learns enough to really and you know you, can, you see them growing after a few years some of the younger individually and they appreciate that they appreciate it. but the integration of team is really the key to really exploit the creativity of the younger individuals so yeah and I think there's elements of, you know, not just the, the older generation, but the newer generation. But if we break it up into uh, technology steps, like the, the explosion of channel count that we could acquire the yeah. data with, or the computing horsepower we could put on a solution. A lot of times, for a period of time, you'll be boxed in by what the current technology gives you. And if you have a broad enough team, when that front can advance, mm -hmm. you can change how you were doing something because you don't have to honor that anymore. Yeah. A good example might be when we were constrained in channel counts and we were concerned because when you have, a, say, a vibrator source, you generate a lot of surface wave energy, poor signal to noise on your field records. So we would put out long arrays or maybe even compromise the low frequency part of the signal because that's what you had to do to get an acceptable image at that point. Yeah, right. So you got used to that. Then all of a sudden we're recording thousands of channels and you can back off and kind of go, wait, I don't need to limit at that step we can do this and now mm -hmm. what we're seeing we're we're trying to put lower and lower frequencies in the ground right suffer we generate incredible amounts of service waves but now we have the sampling and different computer algorithms to then attack it in that step so there's it, there's kind of a different generations across the technology breakthroughs as well computing yeah. horsepower yeah. is another one yeah that's a, that's a good point because back in the old about 30 years ago you know there was a lot of problem that you it was impossible to solve because yeah. it would be taking for a lifetime to run in a computer now, right. now that creates that creates a lot of opportunity for the younger individual to go back and revisit some of the technologies that theoretically were there exist but but they couldn't really exploit them numerically yeah. just for the, a lack a lack of power and of course big big difference now so that really opens up a lot of uh, option for all technology all all for formulation that can be actually yeah. used now and more efficiently. I think it's fantastic. We got to wrap up the show. We enjoyed it so much, and we're honored to share these yeah. microphones with you guys, honestly, and the, and to get your concepts. My wheels are turning so much on just 
how this gets done and what you pointed out on this show just this short period of time is just uh for me it was fascinating yeah. to really think about it hopefully we can do it again a longer mm-hmm. show a more detailed show would be awesome yeah, really get into your careers so and can start we have breaking a 30 second wrap up each yes 30 so seconds 30 seconds okay my 30 seconds and people looking at me would laugh i haven't said the word shear waves yet <laughs> but shear waves are where a c- incredible source of information is available to us in the subsurface, this is especially for, for conventionals. That's right. We couldn't process it before because it requires a vector solution, not scalar. We got the computer horsepower to do it now. We got the channels. Wow. That's right. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Hey, Tad. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. To, 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 to express my uh, my my thoughts on, yeah. on this yeah. on this topic. Well, we enjoyed that. Yeah, it, it, it was a blast. It was an honor. Thank you, sir. All no, right. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're out. We're all right. Out. Thank you all.